Welcome to another episode of Dope Discussions. This is your girl, Erica. I just wanted to give you a brief introduction to this episode. We're going to be talking about toxic motherhood, and I'm sharing my personal experience with that growing up, um, looking back and recognizing some toxic traits that my mother had when she was raising me, and then how that translated over into my own life when I became a mother and some of the toxic traits that I recognize in myself, you know, as I began my journey of uh, healing and, um, and self-discovery. So I wanted to share that with you. It's a sensitive subject. It's something that we don't talk about a lot. And I feel like we don't talk about enough because if I had heard these kind of conversations out loud, when I was growing up, I could have understood my mom better and I could have also understood myself better. So I hope that you enjoy the conversation. I hope you get some insight and I hope it sparks uh, a new perspective and a new way to look at things. And that is what these conversations are designed to do. So um, go ahead and get comfortable and pull up a seat and enjoy this conversation dope discussions dope discussions podcast Dope discussions, gay to Erica, woke discussions Mob ties, how they rock and think they both was cousins Gifting you with their words so you might know you something Just go and look for them live, they do it every Sunday Every Sunday And we gon' bring you that dope And we gon' bring you that dope, it's gay to beat it, baby Make state to state, baby, coast to coast like the vibe, baby, spark the jokes And we gon' bring you that dope Come talk with Erica, man, talk with G And all you gotta do is talk with me And we gon' bring you that dope And we gon' bring you that dope And we gon' bring you that Welcome, welcome, Dope Discussion viewers and listeners. How y'all doing this beautiful Sunday? What's going on, everybody out there? What's up? This is your girl back again. (laughs) This is Erica and Gator back again for another Dope Discussion. Yeah, what's going on, everybody? It's me, Sally Gator, Aloysius Beater. I'm here. How everybody doing on a good Sunday out there? <laughs> <laughs> what you sipping on? I had to get on my coffee because, um, and I think I was telling you right before the uh, show started, I literally was uh, I, I was moving too fast. I said, I'm going to go ahead and get my coffee ready because I got me some, get some Death Wish coffee before each show starts. Um, you know, pretty strong 
coffee, but that's that's how I like it. So <laughs> I get in there and I, you know, I got the little Keurig and I'm, you know, put my water in and I'm running around. And I hit the button like damn, and I'm just doing my thing. And I get back and I look and I ain't got nothing but a cup of water. And I said, Oh, I ain't put this. <laughs> So it was about to, I was about to literally be sipping on some tea. I was like, let me grab a tea bag. And I was like, nah, I, I got a little bit of time. Let me go ahead and get some coffee in. <laughs> what you doing over that way this well, Sunday? I've been um I've been a couch bomb all day today. <laughs> we only only me and, and my youngest son are home today, so I ordered us some food from waiter. And we chow down on that, and I've been sitting down watching TV, chilling. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. Nothing Sunday, at all. Sunday is always my favorite day to do nothing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely nothing. It's the perfect day to do it, to get that, that little bit of recharge before Monday. Yes. I'm already not looking forward to uh to tomorrow. I'm like, we ain't got no other holiday tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> we got another holiday I can take, you know. Yes. Well, we it's got a, a great show. <laughs> we got a great show for y'all today. Um, y'all strap in and get ready. We are going to be talking about toxic motherhood and how that looks what that means. Um, it's going to be a sensitive topic. Eh, was kind of skeptical about talking about it, but I believe that it's a very important topic that we need to discuss. Um, too many times we tiptoe around certain issues in our families, in our communities, yeah. and it only compounds the, the issues and only compounds the problem when we don't talk about certain things. Right. I think you said it earlier when you said, uh, you know, when we don't talk about certain things, we, we normalize them so that it becomes something that's where it's all, you know, is mm -hmm. that type of, of parenting or that type of environment. And it's time, you know, if we're going to break generational curses, we got to actually address the things that could be causing those curses. So, yeah, mm -hmm. definitely got to address these things. Exactly. Because uh, the, the, the conversation of today is not to badmouth anybody. It's not to speak negatively of anybody. It's just to air out our own individual perspectives and experiences with the situation so that somebody else listening to the conversation can hear themselves or see themselves and a light bulb will go on in your head because back in our day when we were growing up people didn't talk about this kind of stuff out loud it mm -hmm. was all something that you whispered about behind closed doors and it was kept hush hush and secret secret so that the cycles can continue because nobody i mean if I look down, if I look to the left of me and if I look to the right of me and everybody else is doing and going through the same thing, I think that's normal. Mm -hmm. Until I'm exposed to somebody else who has a different point of view, who sees it differently, who experienced it differently and who's getting a different result. That's when right. I that's when I understand that way. Maybe maybe how I'm doing it ain't right. Maybe the way I was taught 
ain't right. Maybe there's a different way. Maybe there's a better way of doing this thing. Right. And a lot of times we, we, we think for some reason, and it could be a case of familiarity. We think that the way we were taught, the way we came up, regardless mm -hmm. of whether it was right or not, was the right way because it's all we know. Mm -hmm. And to a certain extent, the hardest part about addressing, you know, addressing issues is just that trying to break from the programming that we have, you know, by experiencing a situation and, you know, try to find other solutions or try to, you know, investigate better ways of doing things. Mm -hmm. And you know why that is? The things that we've learned are attached to the people that we love. Yeah. And so if you love your mother, if you love your father and you've learned your behaviors and patterns from them, you can't separate the two because you feel like, you know, that's my mom. She right. loved me. She would never do nothing wrong to me. So what you learn from her, you automatically assume that is correct. Yeah, that's true. I mean, and 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 parents are humans. Right. Parents make mistakes. You know, I talk about my mother in the vein of, you know, almost like a patron saint the majority of the time, you know. But even my mom, you know, did things that looking back was like that probably wasn't the best way to handle those things, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, but you know, she's only human. She was, she was only human. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we, a lot of times look at our parental figures as being, you know, something above that, you know, like we look about it like Superman or like Superman, you mm -hmm. know, uh, a lot of people say they're our first role models. Mm -hmm. Very true. So we, when we look at those people like that, we think in our eyes, well, they must be doing it right. They can't do nothing wrong. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times that only like helps in the programming to make, you know, those toxic behaviors even worse for your kids down the line or maybe your kids, kids. Right. Right. So before we get deep into the discussion, I want to go ahead and do our business shout out for the day. Um, we have Miss Tamara Boykins. Let me pull up her. Um, her info right here. We want to shout out Miss Tamara Boykins. She is a local business owner. She is the owner and operator of Tipsy Time Cocktails LLC. And um, her business is mobile bartending. So I know a lot of y'all out there need some mobile bartending, especially now since this situation we're doing um, social distancing and staying in the house, you can have the bar come to you instead of you going to the bar. Right. I would say this, this is right up my alley right here. Tipsy time cocktails. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that is right up my alley. I may need to give a call after the show, you know, it's like you got a party going on. Nah, I just need a cocktail to be honest. I just need a drink. <laughs> right. So her services that she offers, she has mobile bartending with a variety of event packages to choose from. She also has specialty gallon cocktails available and the flavors change every month. So there's a new flavor every month and she always has some kind of special deal going on. So if you want to contact Miss Tamara and set up an event, you want her to be your mobile bartender, you can reach her at 
286-0780. Or you can email her at tipsytimecocktails at gmail.com. And she also has a website that is tipsytime-cocktails-llc.uenweb.com. I'm going to put that in. That's a lot to put in. You know what? Let me see if I can put that in there right fast for y'all before we get into the show. Right. I'll say, say, that, say that three times fast. <laughs> I will not. <laughs> Let's see here. Let's see cocktails. Maybe I should have had this typed up before we started. This is a challenge. Yeah, hold on. <laughs> Shout out to Miss Boykins. Everybody, if y'all need any type of mobile, you know, um, of mobile bartending needs. And she could definitely address them. I'm kind of interested to see what those drinks are, like the monthly drinks. Like, yeah. you know, buy a gallon of that, you know, get you nice and tipsy. And, you know, she could deliver. I can, you know, just pick it up at the door and be good, you know? Yep. So there goes her website scrolling on the bottom of the screen. So if y'all are interested in Tipsy Time Cocktails LLC, then hit her up. Yep. All right, so that was our business shout out for the day. All right, so y'all ready to get into this topic? <laughs> I think I've been, it is. I've been preparing, I've been preparing, um, you know, going over in my head what, you know, because it kind of hit me. Uh, about a week or so ago, I started to think back to my own childhood and remembering some of the things that I look back on now and I feel like they were toxic. But at that time, I wasn't thinking that way. I wasn't, I didn't know what that was. Um, but becoming a, an adult and becoming a mother myself and then looking back on some of the mistakes that I made as a mother. Now I can recognize some of the toxic traits even I had as a mom and how that was affected by my own upbringing. Yeah, I mean, you know, when, when you talk about it, though, I mean, it's one of those scenarios where, you know, like I, I, I always like I said, I talk about my mom like a patron state. I don't know if there was a lot of toxicity with her. However. I witnessed a lot of it with friends of mine. You know, one of the, the prime examples of that that I used to see was, you know, how they used to have every every neighborhood had that that cool mom mm -hmm. that, you know, oh, you know, you can go over by her house, you could drink and her daughter always had boys over and, you know, because, you know, her mama didn't care. Mm -hmm. you know, her mama just treated like whatever. Her mama was like her best friend. That's her sister, you yeah. know. They'll cuss you, she'll cuss you out and they'll cuss each other out and all that kind of stuff. And you used to be like, well, they cool. She can stay out at all times of night that she wants to. I want a mama like that. But yeah. in actuality, it, it was basically a display of a toxic trait. You know, when you're, you know, sitting there and trading barbs and, and cuss words with your daughter, you yeah. know, that's all that's going to do is normalize that behavior when she has kids. And then when she has kids, you know, 
Um, yeah, the, one of the, the things I used to see a lot is, you know, the daughter and the mom, they, they, you know, getting matching outfits, going out together. They go to the club together. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait a minute, you going to the club with your mom? I wish my mama would, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I saw it more as I got older with the with generations kind of after me mm-hmm. where it became like a normal thing for the mom and you know, the sisters and all of them stay in the same house and the sisters be, you know, in their twenties and mom in their twenties. And it just becomes like this toxic environment where they got five, six, seven kids coming up and they don't know any other way to love. They don't know any other way to show love, portray love, except for the, the barbs and the cussing and the, you know, the smoke, the, not anything against anybody that smoke weed, but a lot of the drug use and, you know, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, having different men in and out of the house, you know, those mm-hmm. things that, like I say, every hood got, got one or two or some three, but mm-hmm. that was like my first, sign of toxicity in mm-hmm. parenthood because I started to see the fruit of that with you know their kids as they got older and they started getting in trouble in school or they were having kids at a younger age and you know it just became normal for them mm-hmm. but it makes you wonder you know could that have been avoided if somebody would have looked and told that person hey I don't know if what you're doing is the right way to raise a child Right. And my my personal experience with it is and I'm pretty sure. That there have people have experienced, you know, toxic motherhood in a two parent household. Yeah. But I really personally feel like it's more prevalent in a single parent, parent household. And that stems from that woman being left behind with all of the responsibility on her Mm. also being heartbroken and devastated that what she thought was going to be her situation in raising kids is now not what she thought it was going to be. So you're dealing with uh, a bitter, a broken and hurt woman Mm. who is a woman first and a mother second and it's very difficult to navigate through your brokenness and through your pain and still being a, an effective parent and looking back on it now that's what that's how i understand that was my mother's situation mm. being left as a single mother to raise two kids by herself and being uh, getting out of an abusive marriage um, being left you know to do it by herself without even financial help or any kind of emotional help um, and I it, it it manifested in different ways in my childhood I remember as a child doing things getting in trouble and my mom, you know, saying, oh, you acted just like your daddy. Your lies just like your daddy. Oh, you reminds me of him. Oh, you want to be like that Negro? Mm. And we don't realize that 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 scars a child because they remember 
you know, the the contempt that it's 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 probably not really directed at them, but since they're there, you're the person who's gonna get the brunt of that. Right. And a lot of women have that resentment because I am left to take care of this child by myself without the father. And now you're reminding me of that Negro too. <laughs> right, right. And every time, every time they look at you, they see the you know, especially I know with little boys, um, that, that I've I've experienced that scenario with, you know, looking at them and the mom being like, You just like your daddy. You just like, you know. And, mm-hmm. and you know, little boys, I think that affects them worse because then they feel like, well, my daddy wasn't nothing, I ain't gonna be nothing. Mm-hmm. You know. And and, and the you know, just the, the emotional disconnect Mm -hmm. that's, that also comes with the toxic motherhood. Like when, when you become a bitter and broken person, you're not emotionally available for your children. And so I know you're here physically, but I don't feel you. Right. I don't feel the love. I don't feel the, you know, the affection. I just feel like I'm your responsibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. You can feel the, you know, contrary to popular belief, when people think that their kids don't feel their moves and don't feel what they're going through, mm-hmm. don't, don't kid yourself. Please don't kid yourself. When you're depressed, your kids know it. When you're angry, your kids know it. When you're resentful, your kids know it. And even if it's expressed non-verbally, they know it. And I know that I repeated the same cycle with my kids in a different way. Mm. Like, um, I always held it in my head consciously that I would never speak negatively about my kid's father in front of them, but I can, it came out in, in different ways. Like I, um, I closed them off. You know, I kept them separate from, I never let them have friends. I made them all, all the time stay in the house, stay mm-hmm. to yourselves. No, no company over here. And you're not going to nobody else's house. Um, what I say goes. Mm. And don't ask me why, just because I said so. Mm. All of that kind of stuff is passed down from generation to generation. And we don't realize it until you start looking back at it like, this is the same stuff that I didn't like my parents doing to me. Mm. And I'm doing it to my kids. Right. So do you feel like you were doing it more as like a a mechanism of control Mm -hmm. with them? You know, just not not, or or protection. Like, oh, I don't want y'all to, you know, to go out there and something happen to you because y'all all all I got or both. More so. My thing was I need to control every situation in order to feel secure. Mm. If I'm not in control of the situation, then I'm not going to be comfortable. 
Right, right. You know, I need to know where you are at all times. Um, and I need to I need to put fear in you that when I'm not around, I still know that I'm in control. Right, right. See, yeah, and that's and and, and it was something I didn't experience from that aspect. Uh, I mean, you know, my mom used to, you know, make sure that we didn't, you know, go out and venture. Our our our, our whole thing was the streetlights. We had to be in by streetlights. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but you know, a lot of the things that my mom exercised was because of the neighborhood we grew up in. So mm-hmm. I didn't get it from that side where it's like you know she was being controlling. But I know that has to be hard, and then for you to kind of in inadvertently put that same you know type of restriction and that chokehold on your own kids what what made you start to realize that hey maybe this is toxic behavior that I, and there's a deeper issue behind why I do these things um i think when my 20 year old son was like 13 and he got into trouble about something and I was, and I was arguing, I was fussing at him. And then I remember him um, break, he broke down crying and he was like, mom, mom, I love you. I love you so much. You know, I love you so much. And, and I just forgot all about what I was fussing at him about. And I saw the emotion like pent up emotion. Like that's something he'd been wanting to say for so long, but he didn't know how. Right. And and it's and it made me feel like my child doesn't even feel like he could express his feelings for me to me. What have I done? And I realized that I had become um emotionally unavailable for my kids for a period of time because I was going through my own pain and my own healing process. And I didn't know how to separate. I don't want them to feel what I'm feeling. I don't want them to be affected by what I'm feeling, but still indirectly I'm affecting them because I'm not being available for them. Right. Right. And then when it does come out, it comes out in a negative way or, you know, when they do something that pisses me off, I go off on them, you know, and, and I never, you know, I never just sit down and have heart to hearts conversations with them. It just always comes as a blow up. Right. So that's all they used to seeing. So, Mm -hmm. you know, they, they don't know how to, to be in touch with your emotional side, you know, because as a mother, that's one of the things that you provide to your kids, especially your sons, mm-hmm. believe it or not, you know, is that emotional side because that a lot of times is your, you know, the first example to a man of how a woman should be or what they need to look for mm-hmm. <laughs> in a woman is, you know, the example laid forth by their mom and vice versa with girls. Usually the first example of what a man should be, your your daughters get that from what their dad is. Mm-hmm. Or that should be. <laughs> you know, but essentially that's what it should be. So yeah. And I, I want my I want my because I have all sons. I want my sons to be able to 
connect with women on an emotional level. Um, I remember an incident when this was this was some years ago. We had a real bad winter that year and we were staying in this house that didn't have insulation under the bottom of it. Mm. So the the pipes froze up and burst and we had to actually um, until I, until the landlord can get the pipes fixed, we had to boil water on the stove to have hot water to take baths with. Yeah. And so that that particular night I was boiling the water on the stove and I was taking the hot water off of the stove to go to the bathroom with it. And at that same very moment, my son ran around the corner and bumped into me with the pot of water mm. and, and it spilled all over him oh, and, and it burned him um, really bad, like on his shoulder, chest area. Oh, wow. and, and it took the skin off to where I could just see pink. Mm. And um, I immediately uh took the shirt off of him because the water and you know was sticking to him through the shirt. So I took yeah. the shirt off of him and that's how the skin peeled off. And so I immediately rushed him to the emergency room. And um, when we got there, they had like some people in front of us. And I was I was like, my son has gotten burnt real bad. And I showed it to him. I was like, he needs to go in front of everybody. So they hurried up and rushed him to the back. And when they took him to the back, that's when I broke down and started crying like a baby. And that's when I realized like, like I, I'm, I, I felt like out of control, like how did I let this happen? How did I, but I look back on it now. I think that's how I was supposed to react because yeah. if I if I would have broken down before getting him there, that wouldn't have been good. Right, right. Yeah. In a scenario like that, I mean, your first instinct is to take care of the situation. He needs help. He needs there's something that needs to be addressed. I'm going to go ahead and make sure that he's good. I'll break down later. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because yeah. I'm, I'm sure when you see your child hurting and I've had it happen to me. You know what I'm saying? My son fell and hit his head going down the steps. And, and I had to, you know, I hurried up, picked him up, made sure he was good and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, after he got up and was able to go play, you know, mm-hmm. he had like a, you know, a little ooey knot, but he was all right. And <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but then after he kind of got up and walked away, I, I literally was like, I started doing like you. I'm replaying. Okay. What could I have done? I should have told him to stop running up and down the stairs. I should have told him to do this. I should have told him to do that. And, you know, coming back to it now, you know, I did the right thing by getting up and, you know, taking care of him. But you're going to always second guess, like, what mm-hmm. could I have done to keep that from happening? Because you don't want to see your child in pain. You don't want to see your child going through something. But you did the right thing. You, you know, took yeah. care of him, made sure that he was good. And then you went and, you know, broke down a little bit later. So, right. yeah, you did the right thing. It's just that I feel like, why couldn't I let my son see me? Be emotional. That's that's a big block that yeah. I've had my whole life. I've never, I don't, I can't remember if my kids have ever really seen me cry. Mm. I don't think yeah. they've ever seen me cry. 
Yeah, I mean, and 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 to be completely honest, I I, I have seen my mom cry, my grandmother cry. You know, say so, so I I I have seen that, but you know, I think it's harder for guys. But with 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 moms, I think especially with little boys, you feel like you almost got to be a little bit tougher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like and you you gotta you gotta put on more of a brave face. That's been my dilemma. Boys. My whole dilemma has been. How do I go back and forth between being the soft, affectionate mom Mm -hmm. that they need and then being the strict, hard disciplinarian? And I lean more towards the side of the strict disciplinarian. I don't know how to vacillate back to that other side. Right. And I think that's what boys need. They need Mm -hmm. a soft, affectionate mom. And I want to be that for them, but I don't know how to go back and forth between the two. Right. That's I mean, it's part of the, the, the hard part of being a, a single mom, you know, being a single parent is that you essentially, you know, are playing both roles in that scenario. And you kind of have to walk the line between going back and forth. You're right. Little boys need that that softness from from mom but they also need that discipline that should be there from whatever paternal you know father figure that they have you know Mm -hmm. so you know when they don't get either one it could be kind of detrimental to their development Mm -hmm. but as a single mom it's hard for you to kind of choose which part to be you Mm -hmm. know you you don't want to be the woe is me person (laughs) <laughs> you know, but at the same time, you know, you, you 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 need to be able to display some sort of of emotion, some sort of softness, because as boys get older, like I said, that's their example of what a woman should be, what they sh- should be looking for in a woman. They want mm-hmm. that motherly, you know, instinct. They want that that person that's soft that can be, be their comfort when they out there in the world you know, dealing with all that hardship. <laughs> so, right. yeah, in, in a way, it kind of deprives them, but it has to be hard for the mother because, yeah. like, in your position, you know, you 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 almost have to play both roles. And, you know, and, and, and don't, y'all, before I even get into that, let me stop, don't get into, that's why I always tell myself, Happy Father's Day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we're not advocating for that. <laughs> We're not we're not advocating for that. Okay. Yes. Yes. You you play both roles in an emotional status, but no, that, that's that's a completely different argument, completely different monster. Lord, because I know that's coming. Yeah. <laughs> Let me clarify. The biggest takeaway from all of this is that if you're if you're a mom out there right now, single mom um raising your children and you're dealing with any kind of pain, bitterness, depression, unresolved hurts, Mm -hmm. you need to deal with that. Because if you don't deal with it and you suppress it and you just keep pushing through it without dealing with it, it is going to affect your children. Yeah. And not in a positive way. Right, and, right, and and the more you deny it, is 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 deeper. Is it gets deeper? It goes deeper until you can't undo the damage. You can't undo it. So, 
that is the that's the point of these type of uh, conversations is that you hear you're going through this situation right now, currently, and you hear something that triggers something in your mind that you're familiar with or that you're dealing with um, or that, you know, somebody who's dealing with mm-hmm. that. There's a different way. There's a different way to do it, um, to get different results, to not have a lot of regrets um, and to just have healthier outlooks on life, to raise healthier, um, more well-rounded, self-confident children. Right, right. Because all of the things that I tried to run away from, from my own childhood, I ended up repeating the same patterns. Because I didn't know nothing different, because I hadn't seen anything different, because I hadn't heard anybody talk about this kind of stuff out loud. Right. Because it, it, it was the environment. <laughs> and, and there's a stigma attached to it. Like when you're when you're in charge of children, taking care of kids, especially a single mom, you don't want anybody to think you're not doing a good job. Mm-hmm. You you want to. You know, you want to be appreciated for the thing that you're doing, which is the hardest job in the world. But we also have to admit we're not perfect at it. Right. We mess up on a day to day basis. We don't get it right. But the first step in in getting it right is admitting that I'm not doing it right right now. I don't think I'm doing it right. I need help. I need somebody else's perspective. I need somebody else's advice. I need to know what I could be doing differently um, in order to get it right. Right. And, and and when you see things like that happening, the first thing is identifying that, hey, you know, I, I got something going on. And then, you know, there it's OK to lean on people. And what I mean by that is it's okay to, you know, contact, you know, one of your church members or maybe your family members. It's mm-hmm. okay to, to, to seek out help from a life coach. Mm-hmm. You know? um, it's, it's, it's okay to, to open up to someone about it, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I'm not telling you to go into your kid's room and break down every relationship you've had and you know, all that <laughs> no. because that's, that's another, you know, layer of toxic, Mm-hmm. You know, we have yeah. people who guard themselves so tightly, but then you have the other ones that have men mm-hmm. in and out of the house and they Ooh. let their kids know every single thing about everything that's going on. And mm-hmm. it's almost oversharing. They're getting the, yeah. the, the, the overload of the motherly sensitivity. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. there has to be a little bit of a balance. And if there's no father there, then it becomes like, okay, now you're getting all the emotion. Then you have these these kind of weak men that come about because of that. That you know they they tend to be a little bit overly emotional about stuff. These are the ones who get super possessive. Who mm-hmm. get you know these are the ones who a lot of times end up being the abusers in yeah. abusive relationships because they got too much of that that emotional impart from their mom and not enough of that other side. You know yeah. so. So yeah, we're not saying that, but God, definitely seek out like you know some sort of help if you if you first of all recognize it. Yeah. You know, even if you have a suspicion, like maybe this is something. If you don't know, 
Ask somebody. Just say, you know, find people. Like I say, you could consult a life coach. Um, you know, people that are, you know, that you trust that are, you know, in healthy relationships or, you know, unhealthy, you know, they're in healthy parts of their life, I should say, and say, hey, you know what, you know, I, I need someone to talk to. That's what right. it starts with. It starts with that ear. It starts with you opening your mouth and actually speaking to somebody. Right. Because a lot of times we invalidate what we feel like. We feel like some of the thing, the thoughts we have, the feelings that we have, we feel like we shouldn't have those. Right. Like, as a mother, if you feel like the situ you know, the, the whole responsibility has been weighed upon you when the other parent is absent mm -hmm. and you have some level of resentment, well, you should feel yeah. that. Yeah. It's not like you're saying, I resent my children. Mm -hmm. I hate my kids. You resent the situation that you're in. Right, right. You should be able to verbalize that and say that I resent the situation that I'm in. Mm -hmm. But we push that down and we feel like I shouldn't feel this way. I shouldn't right. say that. That's going to make me look like a bad person. No, you're a human person. You're a human being with feelings. And you have to acknowledge that I feel this way. Yeah and verbalize it that's the only way you're going to deal with it but when you suppress it i've been very guilty of that like feeling like i shouldn't feel this way i shouldn't have these thoughts so i'm just right. going to put them down inside of myself but that comes out in another way you find yourself snapping at your kids mm -hmm. for no reason or you find yourself you know um being emotionally distant from your kids mm -hmm. because all of the thoughts and feelings that you have, you feel like you shouldn't have them. So you're talking yourself out of having them, but you really do have them. And then they're manifesting in other different ways. Right. Right. And, and that's, that's scary for, for kids, you know, to, to go through when they, they know that they, they can't necessarily, if they've got any type of, I was fortunate, you know, um, if I had, you know, emotional issues, I had something going on, you know, I, I could I could come to my mom and say, hey, this is what's happening, you know, and when she wasn't there, it was a big hole. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it, it's unfortunate when kids have to do that because kids go through a lot of emotional, especially, you know, as they get up into like, you know, high school where they've got, you know, hormones changing and raging and all those types of things. And it's harder for them to process emotions. And then they see someone who's emotionally cut themselves off. It, it's not only confusing for them, but it, it like I said, it can be detrimental to their development because they're following by example, whether we, we like it or not, our kids are going to follow our example. Mm -hmm. So if you're guarded off and you don't want to talk to them about certain things or whatever, the, the worst thing you could ever hear is your your child coming to you and say, well, you know, mom, do you care? Mm. Do you Do you really care what's going on with me? Mm -hmm. You know, because you haven't given them any inkling of been having any emotional attachment to anything that they've done. Yeah, that's so. that's a that's a form of toxicity when your child voices to you something that you did made them feel a certain way and you deny them their feeling and right. you tell them, 
what you're saying is not right. What you're saying is not true. I didn't do that to you. Um, I, I, I didn't mean it that way. Um, because there's a saying that when somebody tells you how you made them feel, you don't have the right to tell them that they didn't feel that way. Right. Because that's their feeling. Now you have to acknowledge if I made you feel that way, I didn't mean that. I apologize. But I remember growing up as a child, it was like you're you're to be seen and not heard. Mm, yeah. You don't have an opinion. Right. You don't have a feeling. You know what I say goes because I'm the parent. Oh, yeah. You don't have an opinion. Oh, yeah. Now that now that that part, I did experience some of that. <laughs> you know, I did experience some of that because you know, I'm, you know, hey, look, this is is my mama's house, my grandmama's house. This is what we gonna do. You don't have any say so or what direction this boat go in. <laughs> <laughs> so when you when you when you get old enough to move out and get your own place, then then you can tell us how we gonna do things around here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I did experience some of that. <laughs> <laughs> now in certain areas I still got some of that old fashioned stuff so I'm still detoxing too <laughs> right 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 I mean and, and to be completely honest there's nothing wrong with everything I, and I, I heard somebody uh, on a well read a post that somebody put out there about you know we need to let go of all these old ways that you know all these old forms of parenting and all that, all that. but some of that stuff was, was good you right. know it's it's the stuff we gotta identify that was toxic that we gotta try to weed out of it. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, I mean, there's nothing with right. no wrong with teaching your kids respect. You know, for right. their elders or you know anything like that. Nothing wrong with that. You know, now putting them in a closet for three days. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they they doing something they ain't had no business doing. That's a completely different monster. Right. And I think it was important because we talk a lot about the effects on kids um, um, from having an absentee father. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times that's twofold because the absentee father usually causes the toxic motherhood because... Yeah she's left behind with all of the responsibility and she's bitter. She's broken. She's mad. Right. And the kids who are left in that situation are going to be affected by that. Right. Especially when there's no sort of, and not to put everything in an emphasis on, you know, the finances, but especially when there's no financial support, when you're in a scenario where the father's gone and not only is he gone, but, you know, he ain't paying child support. Mm -hmm. He not he not contributing to the kids in any like financial way. That puts an extra burden, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, on a mother to have to make sure that they provide for, you know, their kids and, you know, or making sure that they can keep a roof over their head. So I got to do all that and I got to be emotionally available and mm -hmm. I be the one who makes sure that they, you know, are raised in a, in a, in a way that they don't go robbing people and mm -hmm. all that. It could be pressure. It's, it's so, a lot of pressure. Um, you know, and that's why I respect single moms to the fullest because they do have quite a job. You and know? the thing, what it once that situation happens, 
she usually kicks into survival mode. Yeah. And then once she's in survival mode, it's kind of hard to come out of survival mode because you're you you're you're actually like trying to survive. You you drowning in a bunch of emotions. Right. And you're still trying to function as a healthy adult for your children and you really you're not you're not a healthy adult because you really you passed over your healing process and you went straight into survival mode because you know i got these kids i got to take care of right and you neglected you know your 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 spiritual your mental your your physical health to go into survival mode for those kids but then it starts to manifest in all these different ways where you you got pent up anger, bitterness, resentment, and you start to take it out on the kids. Right, right. You know, the kids end up being the ultimate victim in that scenario. But then not to overlook the fact that, you know, it does affect the mental stability of the mom in that scenario, because, you know, let's let's be real. We all adults. I mean, you know, mom may want to date. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. they, they want to get out there, and it's a different monster. When and that's why a lot of single mothers have, you know, they, they, a lot of them don't have time for BS. But mm -hmm. also, a lot of them do give kind of a, a unfair shake to guys who come into their lives because there's a kind of an inbred resentment already there. Mm -hmm. so it's almost like putting up that wall. And mm -hmm. the guys try to get in and they can't get in, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. and it, it just ends up, you know, to where all of a sudden the mother starts feeling like, well, don't nobody want me. Yeah. Or, why I can't find a good man. Why? Mm -hmm. I can't, you know, and sometimes they inadvertently are driving away those people because mm -hmm. of all the stress and everything that they were put on, you know, that got put on them because of the current situation they're in. And, and just think about it, though, that that all of that is a symptom yeah of the fact that they haven't paid attention to their own healing right right and it can start to when, when they start to try to self-medicate with um spending spending more money than they have yeah clubbing going out clubbing and drinking getting drunk um like you said bringing different men home yeah all of that stuff is a symptom of a fact that they have skipped over their healing yeah. And they're in a toxic state of being. So they are being a toxic mother. Right, right. You know, and and and, and like I said, it's it might be hard for you to self-evaluate, but mm -hmm. it's something that these are questions that you have to ask yourself. Like, you know, are my are my kids getting the best me that they could possibly be getting? Mm -hmm. And I know for a period of my, my life, my kids were not getting the best version of me. They were getting the broken pieces that were left of me. Right. They got you just trying to stay afloat, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know? yeah, and and when I look back on it, I realize that my mom also went through that period. Mm. And so it helps me recognize where it came from and it helps me to be more compassionate 
towards her during that period of time when I had resentment towards her during that period of time. And now that I have gone through the same thing, now I understand where she was at that time. Right, right. You know, and, and, it, and it's always a good idea if you know that or you feel like you went through something like that. It's not a bad idea to talk to your to your parents. You know, you talk mm-hmm. to your mom, you know, hey, you know, why did you feel like this during that time? What was going on? You know, because, you know, part of breaking cycles is understanding and understanding, you know, why she felt the way she did. You know, it's almost like self-introspective at that point. You know, mm-hmm. being able to talk to your parents and, and and get an idea of what they were going through so that you can help your understand what you are going through and right. how to fix that, you know, so that your kids, their grandkids don't go through it. Yeah. Yep. So conversations like this are just important. And um, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. I, 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 I apologize. We can't see your comments for some reason. I don't know when we stream to more than one platform, the comments don't come up. So if you are commenting, I apologize if we haven't um, responded to the comments, I'm yeah. going to figure out a way that we can see those comments while we're on live. But uh, thank you all so much for tuning in. I hope that you got a lot of um, insight and, and, and value from this conversation. Um, I really debated over and over if I wanted to talk about this, but I felt like it was very important. Yeah. Um, and so people can see themselves and then they can break the cycle a lot sooner than than I did. Right. And I mean, and it's brave of you to to do that. It's brave of you to be like, hey, I had to do some self-identification on t- traits that I may have had that could be considered toxic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that helps people when people really can see other people admit to it, because we can talk about people being toxic and we can do that all day. And, OK, that's toxic. That's toxic. But it's different. Mm-hmm. When somebody says, hey, I was exhibiting this. Mm-hmm. This is something that I went through. You know, and that that allows you to kind of be introspective and say, hey, maybe I'm doing so if, if she could be going through this and she could admit it, mm-hmm. maybe I can, too. You know, yeah, maybe well, I can sit back and identify what's happening. And what you don't understand is we we, we, we throw that word out there. Toxic this toxic that mm-hmm. toxicity is contagious. Yeah. So it is, there's no way you're going to be closely connected with someone as toxic and not get it on you. Right. So right. if you find yourself con- uh, surrounded by a lot of toxicity and a lot of toxic people in your life, check yourself out. Yeah. There's something about you that's attracting that. There's something about you that has some um, toxic traits as well. And that's the hard truth that I didn't want to admit about myself yeah. but now, now that I understand it I, I was attracting toxic to me because I was toxic too right 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 and and, and a lot of times people don't want to admit that though people don't want to admit that hey look I, me being toxic could be you know part of the reason that I'm going through some of the things that I'm going through that my kids feel the way that they feel about me that you know because we want to throw it out at the you know some people play the blame game. Mm-hmm. You gotta blame this person. You gotta blame that person. Well, my my child ain't no good. They don't they don't appreciate nothing I do for them. They don't da da da. Sometimes that's the those situations are 
the main ones that you need to have some self introspection behind because you know people don't act the way they do for no reason especially mm -hmm. kids they don't treat you a certain way for no reason exactly well thank y'all so much for tuning in to another dope discussion y'all come meet us here again next sunday 6 30 p.m central standard time and what's that 7 30 p.m eastern standard time yep 7 30 p.m eastern standard time all right well thank y'all holla at y'all later look everybody it's been dope we'll see y'all later i want to see these comments too <laughs>